I speak to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At the beginning of this millennium, I started seeing bumper stickers all over that read, Keep Austin Weird. Sort of an odd slogan for a city, but I got it. Austin has long been an outlier in Texas, a small university town growing larger, known for its musical festivals, its artsy folks, leaning pretty blue in a very wide swath of red. Over time, other small cities adopted or co-opted this slogan, keep Portland weird, or keep Lexington weird, or even keep Indy weird. Though I'll be honest, I see bumper stickers that say, make Indy weird, as often as the ones that suggest we are already that way. <laughs> Being weird is rarely desirable in our lives. As kids, it's probably the worst thing ever. Who wants to be the weird kid? The one with the braces before everybody else, or the one whose mom insists on packing a super healthy vegan lunch with soy products rather than letting us buy the hot lunch. Weird is different, odd, definitely not good, unless you're Austin, or for sure, New York City. I mean, all you have to do is ride the subway to realize that Austin, Lexington, and Indy are just hoping to be weird next to that hot mess of humanity riding the underground rails every day in New York. Back in the 80s, you could get on the subway and there might be someone rapping in your car or someone break dancing or maybe even a small string quartet would just break out and play for everyone right there. In the last decade or so though, you get on the subway and you're sitting next to someone wearing a full-on superhero costume from toe to head, but they're carrying a briefcase, like maybe they've got a job to go to. Or one time, a whole line of men entered my compartment and inexplicably were wearing Speedos and high heels. And that's it. <laughs> the newest trend is to perform pole dances and gymnastic routines on the poles, standing up and along this way, that you're meant to hold on to for safety. And just yesterday, I saw a photo, and maybe some of you saw it too, where there was a man standing right in the middle of a, a car with a large peacock, about this tall, and not a single person even looked at him. <laughs> they were just looking at their phones. That's weird. So Indy, if we want to be weird, we've got some catching up to do. And you know, the thing is, being weird it, as a kid is pretty horrifying, but there's something wonderful about running into something weird in your workaday world. A surprise. Something that delights or brings you out of the everyday routine. Something that brings a moment of joy. 
Well, I think that's what's happening today with Jesus. He is making things weird, or perhaps weirder, as he continues sharing parables about the kingdom of heaven. He's trying to give his disciples a sense of what God's kingdom is like. He's tried with the parable of the sower and then the parable of the wheat and the weeds, but I think he's realizing in the middle of telling these stories that the ones he's telling lend themselves too easily to allegory, to being broken down, explained as if the kingdom could be easily understood. He had to notice that his disciples were turning his parables into parables of judgment, who's in and who's out. And he had to know that we'd be tempted to do the same. So Jesus decides to get really weird. He offers parables so unusual, so odd and surprising that his disciples and we are forced to see differently, shocked out of our everyday routine. The kingdom of heaven is like a tiny mustard seed that sprouts into a tree. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman mixed into 80 pounds of flour until it was all leavened. So far, so good, except Actually, it's not. These are truly odd images. We're used to them, so we think we know what they mean. I mean, aren't they really just about how little things can become big things? Isn't that what they're about? But that's not all there is. You see, as many of you know, the mustard plant is a weed. It's nothing you want growing. And yeast in those days did not come in sterile packets at the grocery store. Yeast back then was cultivated by leaving leftover bread to spoil and mold. If it didn't get moldy enough, your dough wouldn't rise. If you let it get too moldy, the yeast becomes poison and you might kill everyone in your family. So according to Jesus, the kingdom of heaven is like the mustard seed and yeast. It grows like a weed. It can come even out of something rotten. Well, that's weird. Then the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's hidden but then found by someone. That person then hides it again, then sells all that he has to buy the entire field. Why didn't he just take the treasure when he found it the first time? Why didn't he share this amazing news with the landowner? Why did he buy the entire field for one little treasure? I can't tell if this guy is dim-witted or dishonest or both, but whatever he is, the kingdom of heaven is available to him too. The merchant who sells all that he has for the one valuable pearl might not be dishonest, but he's just put himself out of business by selling his entire stock in order to buy one thing. Finally, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea to catch fish. But this is a drag net, the kind of net you toss out that sweeps everything into its wake indiscriminately, tilapia and tuna, sharks and seahorses, seaweed 
and license plates. They're all jumbled together until the end of time. The kingdom, the kingdom as Jesus tells it, is weedy and it permeates everything. It's like a virus that infects us and transforms our world. The kingdom includes everyone and everything that gets in its way. It's of infinite value, but only charlatans and bumbling businessmen are willing to risk everything, even bankruptcy for it. I'd say Jesus is keeping the kingdom pretty weird or making it weird, and he's inviting us to be weird too. After all, if we risk everything we have to follow God, if we're willing to have our whole lives changed, infected, transformed, well, let's face it, most people will not understand that. They'll think we're weirdos. But these parables, in the end, aren't about us. They're about God's kingdom, which is already here, growing like a weed, infiltrating and leavening the world like yeast. God is at work right now among us in the most surprising ways. And the good news of God, of life in Christ, is the most valuable thing we can ever imagine. You know, I used to think that if I studied enough, I could eventually explain these parables. I could make them kind of all work out in a nice, neat way to explain the kingdom. I now know that that is utterly impossible. I have no idea what's happening here. Jesus keeps it so weird making clear that the kingdom, that God, God's purpose are mysteries. They're not to be understood by us on this side of the veil, but to tease us, to make us dream of what the kingdom is, to long for it. So I can't explain these to you. All I can do is turn them over and over and wonder at them, but I do notice one thing as I read and think and meditate on them. They might be weird, but even more, they're all joy. They're all joy. The joy of the kingdom spreading willy-nilly, no one can stop it. Nothing will get in the way of the kingdom of heaven. And as it grows, it brings joy. That crazy weed grows up with leafing branches where the birds build their nests. Loaves and loaves and loaves of fresh, hot, nourishing bread come from that 80 pounds of leavened flour. Those who give everything for the kingdom are filled with joy as they give it all up, happy to lose all else but this. Even the net, even that, that's filled with every creature and plant and tossed out garbage, 
all of that is caught up into the kingdom. Nothing is lost. And are we paying attention? Are we paying attention? For the kingdom of heaven is all around us. The most mundane matters, the trees that surround us, the bread that we eat, the friends we meet. It's weirder than we might have imagined. And the net we're in looks a lot like the New York subway. Everybody's here. But it's meant for our thriving, for our joy. And it's priceless beyond all imagining. Let those with eyes see and let those with ears listen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.